Hello and welcome to Bi Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we have a guest. Uh, if you could maybe introduce yourself and tell us what you do. My name is Marianne van Praag. I'm a rabbi in the liberal Jewish community of The Hague, Netherlands. Well, we kind of wanted to have this interview to talk about the religious perspective, a religious perspective, <laughs> uh, on, uh, on the LGBTQ identity, on the movement, how religion maybe can be more inclusive. So if you have any initial thoughts. Okay, I do, I do. And I'm very glad you said a Jewish perspective. Mm -hmm. Like in any religion, there's not just one perspective. Number one, I feel always very, very sorry if I see communities or people who are being excluded from a community. That's number one. Number two, according to my opinion, and I base my opinion upon on Jewish mysticism, There's absolutely no reason why anybody from the LGBTQ community should be excluded. And I'll give you two examples why I think it just belongs to, 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 to the creation. It's in Genesis 1, uh, verse 27, there's written that God created, and you always have to look to the Hebrew text, to the original text to see what's written. God created male and female which does not mean that he created a man and a woman. He created a person, male and female, which according to my understanding is that every person has a male and a female side. We don't talk about physical aspects. We talk about pure, pure the, the being as it is, which in, to my opinion means that every person's male side should look for a female side and a female side should look for a male side and it has nothing to do with the physical part you just have to find your fitting soulmate mm -hmm. that's number one number two there is also written in the bible when we talk about moses getting the ten commandments that there was a tabernacle was made and it's beautifully explained how it looked like And they said the way it was done, it was beautiful, gold from the outside and gold from the inside. I'm very practical. So I think gold from the outside, okay, people like to look at it, so that's nice. But nobody ever opens it, so why should you put gold on the inside? And according to my translation, that means that every person should be the same on the outside as he is in the inside. Which means you always have to find that what suits you. And I'm adding another th a third thing. Every person is made in God's image. Does that mean that one person with maybe a different, I don't know how you want to call it, who is different, is not created in God's image? Nah, that doesn't exist. So everyone, every kind of living being, whether I know it or don't know it, doesn't matter, is created in God's image. So I think it's not two, but three basic rules why I think religion should be open to LGBTQ communities. Mm. Because we're talking about human beings. Mm. Mm. You ask a rabbi a short question and you get a long answer. <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> that's great. Um, but, you know, going off of that, these kinds of ideas are still pretty novel for a lot it's of religious actually, communities. Yeah, actually it's not novel, it's very ancient. Mm. Yeah, but, but they prefer not to look at it. Exactly. I full-heartedly mm. agree with you because, of course, as you see, there's usually the male, the male usually, not always, mm. the male power structure. 
and they don't like to change that. Mm. That's also why so few women are allowed in and everything, because especially in Jewish law, there is no reason why a woman shouldn't do it. And so when, when you present these kinds of ideas, what do your male counterparts say? Well, in the reform movement, the liberal mm-hmm. movement, there's absolutely no problem. Mm-hmm. There's ab- it's not even a matter of discussion or whatever. That's abso- we also do same-sex marriages we perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that the orthodox community is also, there's not one orthodox community. Mm-hmm. There are also very, very s- different streams in it. But you also see that it within, even within the orthodox community, there is a little shift mm-hmm. that it, we have in Amsterdam. There's Beta Chidush, which is actually started off as the community started by American homosexuals. Mm-hmm. And it's now more kind of a, a, a general thing. But mm-hmm. they're, of course, they're reform or liberal, mm-hmm. however you want to call it. But the, I see, I speak to members who also go to the orthodox community and they feel there is a shift there not as not as fast as we are doing it but there is slightly but of course not in all the if you go to the ultra orthodox it's like in any religion the ultra orthodox no 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 and do you think that's more because of the male power structure or is it just because people want to stick to the traditional literal readings? it's a combination it's a combination it's a combination mm-hmm. of course people feel insecure they don't know what they're talking about so if the leader says something mm-hmm. well they studied for it they must know and you know that's authority although in judaism it's very much a tradition to use your own head get into a discussion if you don't agree and you can always find in the tradition people who said the same things you think so you just have to find the proper rabbis <laughs> from history to help you with it, but you just have to know how to find them. Yeah, it's it's, it's more work in a way to it's think a, differently. Yes. Ha, is that any news to you? No, <laughs> I mean that's very much part of the queer experience. Yes, 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 it is. Um, and I, if I want wanted to go back on what you said in the beginning, um, and I, I find that very interesting, but the idea that there's like archetype. Uh, principles of male and female that are not about um, genitalia of yeah. physics or like yeah. just biology it's just an idea and that we both have we both have both yeah. we'll have both yeah. um, that those um, those principles so it, it does really um, cover both the different sexual orientations but also gender identities Yes, it can be different. People yes. don't feel okay. I have a, a male, female body, or even an intersex body. Yes, and my gender identity isn't necessarily that one. Yeah, I don't know too much about mm-hmm. the about the subject, mm-hmm. but what I've heard here and mm-hmm. there is that people who are not really oriented to either one is also more difficult for them to find a partner. Mm-hmm. To find, I, I don't know if that's true. I have no idea if if, if that's true. Mm-hmm. But if you if you don't have a certain certain feeling mm-hmm. or a certain awareness mm-hmm. of where your 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 um, what's the word for it uh, preference mm-hmm. is, it's very difficult to find a partner who can adapt to that I think I'm not sure I'm yeah, I don't know the subject so I and the last thing yeah. in the world I want to do is hurt somebody by saying something stupid no I, I think in that sense like the identity building is a uh, process is important and the identity can be of that someone feels they're non-binary they yes. are in the middle yes. of the spectrum yes. 
or somewhere where there there is a shift in how they identify but it's about self-acceptance and knowing who you are and then it's much easier to find someone to, yes. to create intimacy yes. and to find yeah. people you can relate to and not necessarily in a I romantic agree. way but also no. in a like letting people close yeah. as friends So yes, emotional way, emotional way. Any emotional intimacy is more difficult to build when you don't know who you are and you don't accept yourself. Yeah. But also, which is interesting and it's something that exists in 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 queer communities is that by finding the social support, it's a little bit of a double movement. You create intimacy as the group also helps you to understand who you are. So there's this double movement, I think, mm-hmm. like there. More and they're more about um, friendship and community and and just emotional closeness mm. that comes with finding yourself within a social group that of people who are your peers in a way. Uh, no, there's I think there's t- there's this two uh, movement there. Well, my comment is number mm. one. My heart goes out to people mm. who have to go through this struggle because not knowing who you are. And if you come and say, I hate that word, what you are, <laughs> you don't have to be anything. But I mean, this world always asks you to be someone. And if you have trouble finding that, that is such a painful road to travel. So I'm very, very, very grateful if I hear that there are, you know, the peer mm-hmm. groups who can support and guide any direction. It doesn't matter. It's so important because... It's a very, very painful road to travel, especially when you're alone. And yeah, we we I mean we're really focusing more about uh, bisexuality in this podcast, and it's true that I mean it's a research like that, that shows mm-hmm. that bisexual people are the one that among the the non-straight people. <laughs> I'm not talking about I'm not talking no. about uh, gender identity, but no, talking no, no, about no, no, sexual no. orientation. Uh, the one that have the most uh, mental health issues that come out later in life because really? you there's no the categories is a little less, less clear you know yeah. it's you it's actually not being both it's it's neither it's neither, neither straight nor gay yeah. so it's somewhere in between it's something different um depending on how people uh, relate to that but it's a little it's more a little bit more complicated to build that identity and to put words on it and to accept it because it's you know it's it's killing if if you're in the straight world mm. that you have no idea of the pain and the trouble and the the, 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 mm-hmm. the difficulties you face. You know, we might have an idea. To tell you the truth, a few years ago, I sailed on the gay pride. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, you know, I'm open-minded to me. It doesn't matter what, where and how. So, number one, I thought, how am I going to tell my community that I'm going to f- <laughs> sail on the gay pride? Well, it wasn't that easy, you know, it, it wasn't easy, it wasn't hard at all. The only thing is, how do I put it? That's all, because, you know. And then I thought, I'm not going to ask permission, I'm going to tell them. Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. And I told them, and the only question was, it's on Shabbat, it's on Saturday. <laughs> Why do you do it on Saturday? Because I never do anything outside mm-hmm. on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I explained to them, in Judaism, you are, are allowed to break any rule... If it's, we call it pikuach nefesh, saving a soul, and tikkun olam, to repair the world. Mm. And I will not say that by me sailing on the gay pride, <laughs> I saved a life. 
but it does help people to see because and I you know that was news a rabbi sailing on the gay pride and the news and the newspapers and 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 and, and the radio and so on and so on and I said the only problem on Shabbat everything is allowed to be broken if it if it helps one person it has served its purpose mm-hmm. anyhow on the way to the pride I organized an evening for gay people in my in my mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and I was sitting there and I felt very very small because you now of course we Jews we ah, we know what suffering is ah, it's our hobby it's our second nature it's mm-hmm. you know ah we love to suffer and I realized sitting there that I should keep my big mouth shut because even within the community not that people were are discriminated in the community not at all because it's, it's you know, I'll tell you something else about it. Nobody mind. Not mind is not even the right word. Nobody cares. You know what? 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 You are you, and that's what we're looking at. But the very fact that people said I can't even walk with my boyfriend or my girlfriend hand in hand in the street, and I said I as a Jew can walk outside hand in hand with anybody in the street. I thought I know what suffering mm. is. Ha 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 ha. Well, it really made me feel very humble to realize the day-to-day discrimination and, 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 and attention which is focused on it, that I really, really felt very embarrassed. The other thing I wanted to say is very often people come to me because they want to convert to Judaism. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I, I sometimes ask, just in general, is there anything you want to tell me that when you came here you were afraid, or you thought, I'm not going to tell her? Mm-hmm. Could be anything. And very often I get the answer, well, I'm gay. I said, so what? And the other day somebody told me that was a very bad reaction because somebody tells something from deep inside himself, which he's afraid or she is afraid to tell me. And I just give a reaction that, so what? Like it's not interesting. But the very fact that if I say, is there something you want to tell me that you thought I'm not going to tell her that it's such a hidden Mm -hmm. secret, it kills me. It kills me. Why is it so important? Why is it important? We look at the person the way he or she is, what he or she does in life, what kind of a person it is. Mm. What does that kind of identity matter? Mm. But I realize I have to react differently mm. because it's not kind to say, so what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, identity matters because it's an identity that is related to suffering, to stigma. And, I mean, to be honest, I, um, I wanted to talk about that intersectionality issue also because being Jewish is seen kind of differently depending on the country. Like in the US, you're Jewish, you're just a white person, and it's no, not a thing. But my experience growing up in France, being my, my father is Jewish, my mother isn't. So um, nothing, I'm in between as for my You're, you're nothing, you're nothing. What are you doing? No, no. What is sitting here at my table? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah. So I was, uh, was baptized, baptized, but I'm, I'm culturally pretty Jewish and <laughs> ethnically, ethnically as well. It has a meaning, but um, so I never felt like I was belonging like the others because there was this difference. Plus the history, the weight of the history of, you know, people who are in Europe and have lived through the Holocaust, the Holocaust the and that it's a family. It's it's yeah. in the family. Yeah. It's not something that is a distant memory or something that happened no, across very the street. Much worse, it's yeah. there. It's it, it, it's in an experience. So, but I, I do see that um, 
that uh, this convergent convergence between my identities in there, between that also a double of experience of non belonging <laughs> because non belonging to the um, I'm I'm not a per se a Goya but I'm not Jewish either and um and I'm not straight I'm not gay I'm always in between and that's something that was I mean now I know how to build that and and make it a strength but. Uh, this intersectionality is really something that matters a lot in my life, and I don't know uh, in um, in the people you you you've, uh, you work with or when you have in your community and you're also helping as a rabbi, if you have seen those phenomenon of like, you know intersectionality and how being Jewish and 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 being um, not straight, <laughs> let's say that this way, how it can you know intersect. And how it, how people deal with those two components of their, who they are. Actually, we're a very simple community. Yeah. Because we meet gay people. Mm. For the rest, we hardly meet any others. No. And that's what I, the general public looks, either you're gay, or you're straight, or you're weird. Mm. <laughs> I think, and... And the, if you want to call it that way, the weird community, they, don't, they hardly meet mm. or they're not confronted with it. Mm. So they don't know how to react towards mm. it. Mm. And I think that's kind of also kind of a problem because everybody should look, be looked at as an individual mm. with their own story mm. and their own history. As far as I'm concerned now, I don't see it a problem within my community I don't know. Yeah, well, we, we have transsexuals in the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no problem there. But that's basically what we meet. And even when I, I, I gave once mm -hmm. <laughs> a lecture or a, lecture, mm -hmm. a little talk at the Leiden University, mm -hmm. and some woman asked me a question about a form of sexuality which I've never ever heard of. I didn't know. And I told her, it's something I have never, ever heard of. And she asked me whether this was accepted. And the only answer I could give her, although I don't know anything about that, I can't even remember the, the form of it, mm -hmm. but it was to me, it was too complicated mm -hmm. to understand. I said, are you made according to God's image? Mm -hmm. Every human being is made that way, is created that way. So why should you be less than others. That's the only thing I can say about it. And is that, I mean, I, I would imagine people do come to you to talk about these kinds of issues, kind of reconciling their religion and their sexuality. Not really. Mm. Because within the community, it's, it, it's, not, it's not an issue. Mm. Mm. I can imagine if you go into, before I start speaking Dutch mm. to you, <laughs> I can imagine in the, in the Catholic Church, mm where it isn't in, you know where mm. you really need approval of a priest mm. it would be different but with us you don't need approval you don't mm. need anything you know mm. you are who you are you come whatever you're looking for and we can give it we 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 mm. we, we, uh, we share and 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 those kind of that it, it's absolutely it was interesting because once we had a discussion we had all the liberal jewish community mm. all the members from holland on a day and there were two discussion matters mm. one was same-sex marriage mm. and the other was mixed burial which means jewish and mm. non-jewish burial mm -hmm. it was interesting the the same-sex marriage 
The discussion did not even last one minute. <laughs> the mixed burial took for hours to discuss. It's no issue within the liberal Jewish community. In, in that way, I mean, what you said about uh, people coming to you and you providing support and basically whatever yeah. it is that you need. It's a lot of, it's very similar to what we do, actually. Yeah. Of course it um, is. As of course it between, is. you know, religious consultation and therapy, I feel <laughs> no, like a lot of people can find their... Yeah. their I core. always know I'm not a therapist. I'm not a social worker. I come from another's mm. angle. I listen. And I think it was interesting. It was just, just been this summer, a television program, look, mm. which it was called Looking in the Soul. And it was 12 religious leaders... I was one of them. It was for six weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody had the same questions and they cut and pasted it all together. How stuck religious leaders are to the rules more than to the people. Mm -hmm. And I think the major thing as a religious leader is you're there for the people. You know, yeah. Within the rules you've got. But your first point of focus is the person sitting next to you. Not even opposite you, sitting next to you. Mm. And this was very often the rules are more important than people. Mm. And I always say, am I there for the rules or are the rules there for me? I stick to rules, but I also see if there are, you know, there are more important things than the rules, it's the human thing because that's what we deal with. And when, when talking with uh, people from other religions or leaders from other religions, do you still face that kind of you know, rejection? Yeah. yeah. That was interesting in that same show on the mm -hmm. same television program. Show is the wrong word for mm -hmm. it, but that same television program. There was like you know there were people who said you know who ab absolutely believe in a life hereafter, mm -hmm. and if you don't agree to their rules, there is no life hereafter. Mm -hmm. So the interviewer asked, if you look out, you know, you go outside into the mm -hmm. street and you see a thousand people walking there, and almost none of them live according to your rules. Mm -hmm. Does mean nobody is going to have an afterlife? And he said yes. That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And another one said, you know, I very much believe in, in like in heaven and hell. And okay. His father is a Muslim. Mm -hmm. So the interviewer asked him, does that mean that your father-in-law does not go to heaven? And he said, yes, with a big smile on his face. Yeah. For me, it's very hard to relate to those rules I can't and I won't because you know you discard nine-tenths of the world population that way this was part one of our episode on religion please join us next week to listen to part two of this interview and for now follow us on twitter follow us on facebook send us an email with any questions or comments you have about this episode and if you have any questions also about what the rabbi is saying you can always send those questions to us and we will pass them on.